Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek for Wednesday, January 15th. I'm Caroline Gonzalez, joined by Fox Sports reporter Jen Hale. Today, first things first, Jen, congratulations to the LSU Fighting Tigers on that national championship. Thank you. I am so excited. I am not asking God for anything else for the entire year. It's like Santa Claus. It's a rollover year after year. You've already used all your wishes for this year. Exactly. 2019, I said, God, I just want to beat Alabama. That's all I'm going to ask for. And so for 2020, I just wanted to win the national championship and, and got my wish. Wow. I mean, it just, I, I'm still smiling. So I saw a little bit about your setup. First things first, uh, you posted a few pictures with you and a sash. What exactly was the award that you received when you were at LSU? Oh, wow. You're going back in the day, aren't you? (laughs) You don't have to say what years. You don't have to say what years. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the pictures date me, I think. Um, Gosh, I just, Carolyn, I loved my time at LSU. Um, I was, I was all in. My my dad had passed my senior year of high school and Mm -hmm. going to LSU was such a great fresh start and just, you know, a family that embraced me and helped me turn that page. So, um, I teared there and, uh, my sophomore year, I had the privilege of being Miss LSU, and my junior year, I had the privilege of being homecoming queen. Hmm. So it was it was a really awesome experience getting to represent LSU like that. And um, gosh, it really is just a part of the fabric of my soul, like it is to so many people in <sighs> South Louisiana. Homecoming queen. I didn't know I was speaking to royalty. Sheesh, Jen. <laughs> Very old royalty. (laughs) (laughs) Still royalty nonetheless. Um, So I saw a little bit about your setup uh, when you were out there on the road watching the game, but I think the game was over about around halftime of the LSU game. So what did you do during that second half? Where did you watch the game? Well, that is an interesting um, topic. So we were planning, uh, we were in Detroit, a great win by the Pels, by the way, a very undermanned Pelicans team, and they pulled out the win. Um, and we were supposed to fly back home to New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And I was actually hoping to make it to New Orleans for the postgame celebration. But uh, because of all the fog, right. we got grounded. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I watched the game in, in a hotel room in Detroit. And I apologized to my neighbors because <laughs> I was literally jumping up and down on the bed at the end. And it was just you know, heart and soul. I was in New Orleans, even if I was in Detroit with my body. (laughs) Man, that game was crazy. And it also seemed to last forever. I remember thinking it was like 1050 at night and looking up and there was still 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter. I was like, my gosh, this is the longest football game ever. But of course, it was awesome to see Coach O and Joe Burrow and just all of the Louisiana, the LSU legends that were in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. It was just an awesome experience. And I think I'm finally going to have to bite the bullet and just go buy an LSU shirt yes you do i will bring you one as a matter of fact you most definitely need an lsu jersey and yeah congrats to coach o joe burrow queen uh delpit all of them it's just awesome um so many great storylines there that we could talk about for an Mm -hmm. hour yeah um the second the second chances that so many of them had it, it, it it i really think it shows that perseverance pays off um and just because somebody says you're not right for this job or you're, you know, we're passing you over. That doesn't mean it's the final answer. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
it's just so inspiring. Yeah, absolutely. I think inspiring hits the nail on the head there. Uh, Jen, let's get into some NFL football talk. Uh, more, Most importantly, I think we need to talk about last night. I think shocking news coming out of the NFL with linebacker for the Panthers, Luke Keekley announcing his retirement at 28. I know you've done uh, work with pretty much all of the, the NFL teams, but did you get to know Luke Keekley and what did you think when you saw that news last night? Shocking is a great great description, Caroline. Um, Luke is one of my favorites. Uh, I've covered him heavily since he started in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, had the Panthers quite often throughout the years, and Luke is always such a fantastic interview. Um, a, very willing to do it, and B, uh, very articulate and very plugged into his teammates. Uh, I really got to know him. I spent a week in Charlotte doing an in-depth piece on Greg Olson, and um, one of his sons was born with a heart condition. Mm-hmm. And uh, Luke was really fantastic about giving us the team perspective of how they supported Greg through that, uh, the struggle that they saw him go through. Uh, first of all, congratulations to him on a great career, and yeah. he needs to do what's right for himself. So if this is clearly what he feels like is the right thing, then uh, you can't question him. I hate it for the game because yeah. he was such a fantastic representative and he was such an amazing, one of the best, I think, ever to play that linebacking position. When you go into production meetings against opponents, every time he is the key scouting report item, the key um, cog that they key in on defensively. He, the way he can read quarterbacks, the way he can communicate what that offense is doing to the rest of the Panthers' defense. It was just, uh, it was really something to watch. It's something special. The game will miss him, no doubt. I think it, it was always a storyline, to your point. Every time I know the Saints went against him, it was always a storyline because you knew that he was going to be the most prepared person on that defense, and he would almost always know what the Saints were going to do before they did it. So um, obviously it's it's a detriment to the game. Uh, but like you said, you know, I've seen tweets uh, on my Twitter timeline today about, you know, gone too soon, talking about Andrew Luck and all these guys, and they didn't die. I think, you know, it, it's it's as a fan, <laughs> And of course, you, you miss that for the game. But at the end of the day, these players have to do, like you said, what's right for them. And if, if, if he thought that that was what was right for him at the time and leaving the game healthy, uh, you know, all things considered, I think it's the right move for him. You have to, you have to support these individual decisions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're right. I thought of Andrew immediately. Um, had Luke, the game he came back from that, if folks remember that awful neck injury and concussion that he was knocked out with. And I I can tell you, it was something that was always on his mind after that. That injury uh, affected him significantly, not just physically, but I think mentally it it, it brought to the forefront of his mind uh, the long-term health of his body and what he wanted for the rest of um, not just his football career, but his personal life. Well, we know that the uh, the AFC and the NFC pictures are set, Jen, and you know the the Titans at Chiefs, Packers at 49ers. How many of these teams have you covered? All of these teams this season? I have covered uh, both of the NFC teams. Okay, I've gotcha. not had the AFC teams. Uh, watched them from afar, though. Um, 
man, the Chiefs, the Chiefs are something special. I really thought it would be Chiefs Ravens. I thought so too. Um. <laughs> I thought so too. I think that was that was probably the most shocking game to me. I, you know, all season long, I was talking to people about the Saints and how they were going to do, and I always had my eyes on the Ravens because they just seemed to have that it factor. They did. Uh, Mark Ingram, I have to think that he is more banged up than we know. Mm. Um, they just came out flat that game. Uh, so the the Ravens clearly a huge surprise that they're out as well as the Saints yeah. sadly yeah um, but I, I do think this NFC matchup between the Packers and 49ers is going to be a lot of fun to watch there's just so much great history there Caroline between these two teams they've met so many times in the postseason you know going back to the Mike McCarthy era when he was with the 49ers and then became the head coach of the Packers um, you've got some brother rivalries going on Matt Lafleur is the head coach of the Packers now and mm-hmm. his brother Mike is on the 49ers staff um, I, I think it's going to be a really fun one to watch these two young quarterbacks you know we're starting to talk about the next generation right. uh, who, who succeeds the Brady's and the Breezes eventually not that we're ready to, to succeed them yet but right. um, I, I think Rodgers and Garoppolo their names you're going to hear for a while I'm so happy to see Jimmy Garoppolo doing so well, especially, you know, coming from the Patriots team where it was pretty unexpected. And then, of course, his first year with the Niners having that injury. But you covered the Niners twice this season, or at least that I saw. Did you know when you covered them in the middle of the season that they would be this good? We had them three times. Um, In the middle of the season, we did. Um, The very first meeting was at the beginning, or the very first game we had was at the beginning of the season. And, you know, everybody's going to the Super Bowl weeks one, two, and three. Right. <laughs> um, we definitely saw flashes. I, I feel like the 49ers are one of those teams I have a connection to. My, my old broadcasting partner, John Lynch, is the general manager. Mm. Another former broadcasting partner, Tim Ryan, is now a team broadcaster for the 49ers. Uh, and, and it's been interesting and reassuring, actually. I know Saints fans won't like to hear that, but the way the way that John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan have built this 49ers team, uh, they've done it the right way. They yeah. have gone about instilling a culture. They have gone about um, not looking for instant satisfaction, but growing for the long term. And yeah, you, you felt like at least for the past year or two, with those two at the helm, this is going to pay off. This is going to be something special down the road. Um, I really thought that it would come to fruition next year, year four, not year three. Hmm. Uh, but here we are, and you've got such awesome veterans on defense, guys like Richard Sherman, uh, and then that young, uh, blossoming talent and, and Jimmy G and so many of those offensive weapons. Um, they are a complete football team. I think they're going to be very difficult to beat, especially at home. Finally, Levi's yeah. uh, is starting to have some sort of home field advantage. It's been a very sterile environment. Um, since it opened, but but I think the success the team is having now is really igniting that fan base. Now, I'm curious, Jen, why did you think it would happen in year four and not this year? When you look at their record last year, they just mm. they weren't there yet. Right. I think they had um, five wins or four wins last season. Uh, the, the turnaround that they had is remarkable. Boy, that, that, that was fast. Mm. Um, there are not many teams in NFL history – to have four or five wins the season before and then go on to not only make the playoffs but complete compete in the conference championship. Yeah. Um, but I think it just shows how innovative one Kyle Shanahan's offense is. He's a brilliant offensive mind. And and the dedication that squad has put in and the, the intelligence uh, that John Lynch has shown in assembling the team 
and, and bringing together pieces that all work together and complement each other. I think when you talk about culture, like you said earlier, it's very evident in that 49ers team. But we did see a preview of this NFC matchup earlier in the season in Week 12 when the Niners faced off against the Packers. The Niners won, kind of beat the brakes off of them, 37-8. to What's changed since Week 12 for both these teams? <laughs> yeah, that was an embarrassing <laughs> loss, That no doubt about that. Uh, and a lot of folks are referring to that. Mm. First of all, it is tough to win twice yeah. against the same team in the same season. So you got to figure uh, they are going to come out so much more prepared, uh, the Packers that being. Um, they are going to digest, inhale that game footage and play a very different game. Aaron Rodgers was sacked five times that game. He only had 104 passing yards. They're going to come with a very different scheme uh, and come more prepared. Uh, I have to say the Packers, I hate to say this actually, Caroline, but, but I am wondering if they are going to be the uh, Patriots of this uh, postseason in the sense that they seem to be getting hot at the right time, mm. getting better at the end of the season and into the postseason, which historically that's just what the Patriots were so good at. So often they were pedestrian in the regular season um, the first month or two, and then, man, you hit December, whoo, they catch fire. In yeah. January, they're they're absolutely unstoppable. Uh, and I do think the Packers are somewhat on that, on that trek in that they're playing their best football right now. Last question before I let you go, Jen. How much does having a veteran quarterback like Aaron Rodgers affect playoffs right now? I mean, you just said they're ascending at the right time. They're hitting their stride. How much does having a guy like Aaron Rodgers at the helm help in a situation like this? Huge. Hmm. Absolutely huge. Uh, And I think that is going to be a big X factor uh, in this game. Jimmy G just doesn't know what he doesn't know. Right. Uh, This is still new for him. Um, the, the poise, the presence, the confidence that Aaron Rodgers brings in, uh, there's, there's no substitute for experience, that's for sure. And he, he historically plays really well in the postseason. Um, he's been in three NFC Championship games before. Uh, he, he has certainly missed being in the postseason uh, last year. You know he's hungry, he's fired up to make an impression and to uh, kind of seize the moment for himself. Well, Jen, we appreciate your time, and uh, I know we have two days until a Pelicans game again, so enjoy your rest and uh, enjoy the the remnants of that LSU Fighting Tigers win. I will be glowing and talking about (laughs) that for months. Thank you so much, Caroline. All right, Jen, see you later. Bye-bye. Thanks to Jen, of course, for all of her insight on the NFC Championship game this Sunday. Of course, today is the day on Wednesday. We we talked about it earlier in the week. Steve Gleason will receive his Congressional Gold Medal today. We will have all of your coverage on NewOrleansSaints.com and the Saints app. We'll have video. We'll have social social coverage, uh, whatever that is, if I can ever get that word out. And we'll also have coverage on the Saints app, so be sure to listen and look for that later today. Uh, a huge honor for Steve Gleason, Team Gleason, and everyone involved with all of the things that Steve Gleason continues to do in the city of New Orleans and, of course, worldwide. Uh, we need to also address former con- commissioner of the NFL, Paul Tagliabue, being added to the Pro Football Hall of Fame as part of its centennial class. He was a huge supporter of the Saints, making sure that they were 
able to come back to New Orleans after Katrina and that the Mercedes-Benz Superdome now uh, was able to play in. So, of course, congratulations to him and congratulations to Steve, two big members of Saints history, and, of course, uh, happy to see them doing so well. All right, that'll do it today for the New Orleans Saints podcast for Wednesday, January 15th. We'll speak to Sean Fazan on Friday about the Reese's Senior Bowl and what he's looking forward to seeing, so you don't want to miss that on Friday. I'm Caroline Gonzalez. Thanks for Jen Hale for joining us on the show today, and have a great week. See you on Friday.